you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4 again. Uh, We're going to start there, but we're going to quickly move somewhere else. So, Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. And let's go to the Lord in prayer before we begin. Father, I just come to you right now, Lord. And God, I thank you that you are great, Lord, that you deserve all our honor and glory. You deserve all praise. I thank you that I serve a mighty King that is greater than everything. Lord, you are my everything. You're my all in all. And Lord, I just worship you with everything I have in me. And God, I just ask that right now, Lord, you take me as I am, this, this, this lowly person that I am, Father. You take everything I have that I'm offering to you right now and use it for your glory. I ask that you give me boldness, that you give me anointing, Father, that your words would be in my lips, not my own. And God, I just ask that you move right now, that you prepare the hearts and minds of those that are here to receive this word. And Lord, we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So, we all know that Scripture. We've heard it many times. Most of you can probably quote that word for word. But we're going to look at it a little different tonight. Same principles apply, but you're going to, I want you to think about this in a different way than you ever have before. The title of the message is Showing God to the World. Now, We understand that as Christians, we we need to be content with whatever state we find ourselves. You know, if we're really serving God the way we should, then where we find ourselves ought to be where God has us to be at that point in time, right? That doesn't mean we don't sometimes stray or go off on a different path because we're not really listening to God. But if we are, God will put us right where He wants us. It may not be pleasurable. It may not be where we want to be. But that's where God would have us to be. So that's why Paul is telling this Philippian church that he's learned how to be content no matter what state he finds himself in. So, let me go ahead and read the next Scripture and... and This will open up a little more for what I want to share with you tonight. Flip over a few pages to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 5. told y'all this is going to go a different way. These two (laughs) scriptures, you look at them, you're like, man, what in the world does that have to do with the other one? I'm a little strange, y'all. I know that. (laughs) I'm, I'm different. But that's okay. 
For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. What brings the wrath of God? Those things that he just talked about. I wouldn't go so far as to call any of y'all one of these things, right? I mean, I don't consider myself a covetous man or a whoremonger or unclean person or an idolater. I don't consider myself that. It says that that's going to bring the wrath of God if you've got that in your life. It says that you won't have any inheritance in the kingdom of God. So I don't consider that to be me. Do you? No, man, I hope not. Verse 7, Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Whoa, wait a minute. See, he wasn't talking about you. He was talking about those other people that are those things. Now he's talking about you. He says, don't be partakers with them. Verse 8, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That's an imperative. That's a, that's a commandment, basically. A command. Walk ye as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Proving. Now who is it proving it to? Does it prove it to you? No, you already know. It's proving it to the world. What is acceptable unto the Lord? What does that mean? That means somebody ought to be able to look at you the way you live your life and ought to automatically know what's acceptable to God. That sounds easy at first, but then you start thinking about how you live your life. The things that you allow to go on around you. The things that, because maybe even of your silence... You're made a partaker of. And then, it starts to hurt a little. Starts to be some gray areas that I don't like gray areas. Because I start to have to say, well, am I a partaker of those things? Because I allow it? Because I allow it to go on around me? Hmm. So does my life prove what is acceptable to God? Verse 11, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. 
So what in the world does this Scripture have to do with the other one? Did y'all read that last verse? Verse 12, anyway. For it is a shame even to speak of those things. Maybe some of y'all don't ever deal with this stuff. I don't know. But I guarantee you somebody in here has a friend that may even consider themselves to be a Christian, but they live like verse uh, 5. They call themselves a Christian, but they don't live like one. You know, they, they think, well, maybe, maybe even they are. Maybe they were saved, okay? Maybe at some point in their life they accepted Jesus, but then they just went on about their business doing what they wanted to later on. So, we look back at this first scripture. Paul's talking about being content with where you are. I want to propose to you that that's not just about material things in this world, but it also has to do with carnal sin. Because if you're content with where God has you, you're not going to be lustful. You're not going to be covetous. You're not going to be an idolater. You're not going to be a whoremonger. All those things don't even enter into your mind because you're content with what God is doing in your life. You're content not saying that you don't want more of God, but you don't have to go looking for something else because God is supplying all your need. So you see how they can tie together now? Y'all just hang on a second. I got somewhere I'm going. Hang on. So we're supposed to be showing God to the world. There's times, and try to relate this the best you can to your own life, because I know everybody has different um, situations, things that go on during the day. It's different for everybody. But there's times that, you know, I'll be sitting around talking to some friends or something, and they start to talk about things that I know we shouldn't be talking about. Making little jokes or something, you know, that... Well, yeah, it's funny, but I just know I shouldn't be talking about that stuff. So how am I showing God to the world if I either, worst case scenario, join in and and make the same little jokes myself, or even the least case scenario, I just ignore it and don't say anything? How am I showing God to them? See, that the Scriptures we read says that I should reprove them. What does it mean to reprove? It means to correct. So I'm not showing God to them if I just sit there and let it go on. Because what they see then is they see Somebody that calls herself a Christian that's not willing to stand up for what I really believe. I believe those things are wrong. Based on what this word just, just says that I just read. I believe it's wrong. But I'm not willing to 
take a stand for it. So what they see is somebody's wishy-washy, right? Okay, you say one thing, but you do something totally different. That's not showing God. God's always consistent. God doesn't change on His beliefs. When, when He lays down a law, that's law. That's the way it should be. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. That's it. It doesn't matter how close a friend you are to this person. There's no exceptions made. Does that mean you can't have friends that are sinners? Does that mean you can't have friends that fall into the description of verse 5 in Ephesians chapter 5? No. It does mean that you shouldn't be a partaker. It means that you shouldn't... You know, there, there is even a limit to which I'm willing to associate with those people. There's limits that I don't feel comfortable with overstepping. I've got one friend that, man, I, I like the guy a lot, and there's many times he's invited me to go uh, shooting with him and his friends. And, I, man, I like to shoot guns. Normally, there wouldn't be no problem there, right? I'd jump right on that. But I know they ain't just going to shoot guns. I know they'll be out there shooting and drinking and cussing and hollering and all those kind of things. Number one is safety, right? <laughs> guns and alcohol just don't mix very well. But let's say we're going to shoot and then drink. I know they ain't going to keep their mouth clean while we're out there shooting. I know they're not going to be talking about the things of God while we're out there shooting, right? So I choose to limit how much time I spend with that person because of that. And when I am in His presence, you know, what I need to do, and sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, what I need to do is make sure that if He brings up some stuff we shouldn't be talking about, I need to cut that off. Look, I don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. I don't feel it's right. You shouldn't either. That's not going to make me popular, Jerry. People don't like that. People don't like it when you tell them the things that they're thinking and doing are wrong. They don't like it. So you know what? I could stand to lose a friend. But let's use the same words but say it in a different way. I can stand to lose a friend. Right? If he's willing to give up any kind of friendship we have because I'm going to take a stand for my God, that's fine. Because God's more important to me. My relationship with God is far more important than any relationship I have here on this earth. And that includes my family. My relationship with God is everything to me. So, if, 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 I said that pretty easy, right? If that's true, why is it so hard to take that stand? Why is it so hard to show, truly show God to the world? We care too much about what people think about us, right? Way too much. 
Way too much. That tells me also... See, <clears throat> you can examine the fruits of somebody and find where the problem is real quick. And when I examine that area of my life, I see a lack of some fruit. I see a lack of spiritualness, if that's even a word. You see, if I was stronger spiritually, that wouldn't even be a problem at all. I could real easily, if I was strong enough spiritually, just say, no, we don't need to do that. I'd rather not talk about that kind of stuff. There's, there's weakness there, isn't there? There's weakness. Now, see, I'm up here talking about myself, and y'all are all looking at me thinking about the things Kevin's done wrong. I want you to think about yourself now. I use myself as an example because I can't use you very easily. I guarantee you everybody sitting here today can think of an example of the same thing in your own life. I guarantee you Sheila working at a Christian school, can give you an example. You would think, man, there shouldn't be no problems at a Christian school, right? Well, you know what? <laughs> We're human. I don't care if you're a Christian or not, you still got some faults. There's still times that you need other Christians to reprove you. Last I checked, none of us were above... Reproof. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present... Y'all examine the words of this Scripture. Because it's really easy to skip over that first little part because it seems kind of like an introduction. Well, it must not be that important, right? But Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Listen, it's God's mercy that the rest of this even matters. It's because of His mercy that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's not asking much to expect that out of you, is what he's saying. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, prove, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You see, your life, because you sacrifice all of that stuff that made up you beforehand, lay it down, put it aside, your life should prove to everybody else what is the perfect and acceptable will of God. It didn't say your words. It didn't say the things you teach. It didn't say the things that, that uh, other people say about you. It says your life. People ought to be able to look at you, watch you for about ten minutes, and see what the perfect will of God is. 
That's hard, man. That is hard. You know what that means? That means I don't need to let my guard down. That means 24-7, I need to be actively watching my life. Making sure. You think Jesus didn't have to do that? Look, Jesus didn't have a free ticket. Do you know why they call it a, a temptation? You know when the when Satan came to him and began to tempt him? What does it mean to tempt? See, that's not just a verb. It's not just an action. It, it, there's, there's stuff on the other side too where Jesus was standing. There was real temptation there. Okay? How do you feel when you're tempted? Man, I want to do that. That sounds good, right? But see, Jesus overcome that. That temptation was there. It was real temptation, y'all. He, he could have just let go and said, yeah, okay, let's do it. Have you, have you, how many of y'all have ever done that? Oh, come on now. Don't leave my hand standing up here by myself. Satan will come to you. No, Satan, I ain't doing it today. And quote some scripture at him. A few minutes later, he comes back. How about now? (laughs) How about now? And finally, you say, well, okay, now's okay. Let's go ahead. Hurry up. See, Jesus could have gave in. But what was He doing? Number one, He is a perfect example to us how we ought to be. But also, Jesus was always in prayer. He was always feeding the spiritual man. He was always actively watching His life and His example. Because He knew He would be an example for ages and ages to come of how we ought to be. So he took every opportunity to say, I'm going to use this. Yeah, I'm going to use this. We can do that, y'all. See, here's the thing. Jesus, yes, Jesus was special. He was the Son of God. He had, he had access to things that... Wait a minute. You see, you thought I was about to say he had access to things we didn't. That ain't the case. See, yes, Jesus was the Son of God, but you know what? He was also 100% human. 100% man. You know what made Him so awesome? You know what made Him so so uh, spectacular? Is that He was able to pull it off. He was able to live that life that we are supposed to live. He was an example for us. What does that mean? Does that mean it's not attainable? No! It is attainable. He wouldn't give us an example of how we ought to live if we couldn't achieve it. Does that mean we're going to be perfect? Man, I don't know. (laughs) You know, i got a a lot of slack to pick up before I get there. I don't know if I ever will. But I guarantee you, if I focused on it like Jesus did, 
and I set everything else aside and quit muddying up my life with things of the world and begin to seek God in the kind of way Jesus did. See, that's the thing. Jesus gave everything He had into that. He didn't allow other stuff to waste His time. He didn't allow other things to divert His attention away from the will of God. But we do, man, all the time. There's so many things trying to get our attention, trying to steal away the things that God wants in our lives. And too many times we let it. But we're supposed to be showing God to this world. So next time that y'all find yourself in that situation, I want you to remember that. I'm supposed to be showing God to this world. How should I react right now? What should I be doing? Should I just sit here and, well, now's not really a good time to bring this up. I'll deal with this later on. You know what? Five minutes later, you're going to forget about it. You ain't going to bring it up later on. I've told myself that too many times. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll address this when there's not 15 people around. I'll just go to them personally. You know what? I forget. A few minutes later, it doesn't seem quite as important as it used to. Well, maybe I'm just making too much out of this. Y'all look. We're sacrificing every day. We sacrifice our testimony. We sacrifice an opportunity for somebody to see light where there's darkness. That's what silence does. It allows darkness to stay there. Light doesn't come from silence. Light comes from reproof. Reproof. 